This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Next Stop Mississippi. I'm Michelle McAdoo along with Kamel King, and as we do every Friday, we'll be traveling across the state letting you know about people, places, and events that make Mississippi a great place to live. Today, we'll start our road trip at Mississippi State University for the Charles 13th Annual Charles Templeton Ragtime and Jazz Festival. Next, we'll head to Oxford and speak with actor, author William Dunlap about his new exhibit and And also, we will end the show with Nasheri Cooper as she talks about the very, very famous Mavis Staples concert tonight. And we'll head to Biloxi for the third annual Biloxi Chamber Craft Festival. So hold on tight because we're going for a ride right here on Next Stop Mississippi, only on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Michelle McAdoo along with Kamel King of Visit Mississippi. And of course, as we do every Friday, we travel the state letting you know about people, places, and events yes. that make Mississippi a great place to live. It Speaking is. of Mississippi and a great place to live, you've had a, an eventful week. Ooh, <laughs> what ooh, have you ooh. been up to? Oh my God. Look, went out to South by Southwest 2019 in Austin. Uh, Texas to represent Mississippi. Uh, it was magnanimous, awesome, That's your favorite crazy. word. You love that word. I mean, because Magnan- it, it's the only way to describe <laughs> something bigger than life. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was my first time ever going, and uh, we were a part of the trade show mm. at the Austin Convention Center from the uh, 10th through the 14th. And uh, I mean, Four just, days. just crazy. Wow. What um, types of events were there? Uh, what types of things that you guys do? You it's Showcase. Yeah, well, the, the trade show, uh, we have a booth, and we talk to people about Mississippi and share stories and give out Mississippi swag. Very cool stuff. We okay. always shut it down with our stuff. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just really incentivize people to come uh, visit here. Visit. And, mm-hmm. and it's amazing the amount of countries and the amount of uh, nationalities that come through who have, and you know, just a real love in their heart for Mississippi, even if they've never been here. And real quick, I know we have our guest waiting, but yeah. Some of the larger, uh, uh, I guess, pulls to Mississippi you talk about, I know the museums are one of them, Most especially the, uh, the Grammy Museum and, of course, the um, two museums, Mississippi yes, downtown. Mm-hmm. So you guys let them know what is great about Mississippi. Right? All the way. I mean, from the food to the people, the music, the heritage, uh, I mean, civil rights is just so much. Our writers. Uh, we just have so much to offer, and I mean, the pe- the people are the greatest asset, of course. That's wonderful. Glad you are representing Mississippi at its best. Yes. Speaking of representing Mississippi, we have Charles uh, Jeff. I'm calling you Charles. Uh, Jeff Barnhart with the 13th Annual Charles Templeton Ragtime and Jazz Festival on the phone. And he is actually the artistic director, and he's a performer this year at the um, Jazz um, Ragtime Festival. Good morning, Mr. Barnhart. Good morning, Michelle. It's great to be with you, and I must echo what I was hearing that gentleman say about Mississippi, the people. My wife and I live up here in Connecticut, and it's always a fantastic pilgrimage back down to some great southern hospitality, wonderful folks, and we just love our time in Mississippi. Our annual visit is cherished by us. Oh, man, that's awesome, Jeff. And Jeff, I got to tell you before we start, other than King, you have got to have the coolest last name ever. <laughs> I told Michelle that her, I said, <laughs> the walk around, you know you're going to be a successful good man when you start off with the name Barnhart in life. <laughs> I, I like the sound of it. I like the, the idea that my heart is bigger than a barn. And there you go. Uh, you know, my wife says I leave with my heart always. The brain keeps following. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of Jeff, <laughs> speaking of Jeff Barnhart, uh, we can just start there. Tell us a little bit about yourself. And I'm, I'm, I hate to say that I did not know you weren't from Mississippi. I thought you were a part of Mississippi culture, but you are a part of it. But you're not originally from Mississippi. 
No, I am not, Michelle. I, I, again, enjoy our annual visit, and I guess you would call us carpetbaggers, but we come down with the uh, purest of intent to share the, the beauty that is this place at Mississippi State called the Charles Templeton Museum. And the reason I'm involved in it is that during the first year that it happened 13 years ago, I was there as a performer, fell in love with the people, the climate, the atmosphere, the food, and just said, look, anytime I can make it back, please have me. And then, of course, I ended up having other engagements for the next five years. Finally got back year six, year seven. By year eight, they had asked me to take over as the artistic director. And so I'm a full-time musician. My wife and I travel about 40 weeks of the year all around the globe wow. performing. Uh, she plays flute and sings. I play piano and sing. We do every style you can imagine, every acoustic style, let's say. We're, uh, we, we build ourselves as eclectic Americana. And that's really what is so exciting about coming down there to offer this music in this atmosphere. The, the museum, for anybody who's never been to Mississippi State's library, it houses some fantastic museums in it. Uh, the one we're concerned with is the Charles H. Templeton Music Museum, where he talks about the business of music. And it's one of those things, you know, people are so busy being so creative, sometimes you have to step back and figure out, how does this even happen? You know, how do we get to where we are? How is it we can continue to go and make music a thriving and successful business? So that's part of it as well. It's definitely multi-generational, um, well, but also as far as disciplines. It's multidiscipline at this museum. In the library as well as the Grant Presidential Library Museum, Virginia and Frank Williams collection of Lincolniana. That took me a while to learn how to say. Mm. Um, and the, the John Grisham room, of course, Grisham was one of the most famous of the alumni of that school. So we just have a great time sharing music, creating joy, bringing in people um, that you wouldn't get necessarily to see down there too often in Mississippi. And uh, every year, trying to expand the palette a bit. We start off with Ragtime, because the fellow who had started the festival was devoted to that one style. But, of course, last year we were able to include some blues. It was about time, because, you know, if you're going to be down in Mississippi, as Missouri claims it invented Ragtime, or Ragtime was invented there, you certainly have the claim to blues, which is as vibrant as an important an American original as is Ragtime. Uh, and, and those two synthesized to create the early jazz that would then become everything we even listen to on the radio today over 100 years later. So it's a great through line and a great honor to be involved with this fantastic event. So you say you're now the artistic director. Is this your first year again becoming the artistic director with the uh, festival? No, this is year five. Okay. So how do you, um, I guess you actually mentioned that earlier, you added blues, but how do you recreate yourself every year to make the festival bigger and better? Um, and tell a little people what the festival is comprised of. The festival is comprised of two evening shows on Friday and Saturday night in a beautiful hall called McComas Hall with two fantastic pianos. And then during the day in the library at the museum, which is housed at the Mississippi State Library, there are seminars, discussions, talks, uh, silent films I'll be showing on Friday morning at 11 a.m., where I provide live piano accompaniment to some of the old silent film comedies. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it's a real interdisciplinary thing. And these seminars, that word always scares people away. Oh, it's going to be some dusty professor dusting him or herself off and spouting dates and facts and things. But these are very dynamic opportunities to get intimate with the performers, to hear more about them, to field questions and ideas. Uh, this one fellow, young fellow who's coming from Michigan is called Dave Bennett, and he is one of the greatest practitioners of Benny Goodman-style swing clarinet in the world at the tender age of, I think he's 33 or 34. Uh, but then he puts that down, and he lets his hair down literally and figuratively and starts wailing away on the piano like Jerry Lee Lewis. Mm. So we have his seminar is called Ben and Jerry. <laughs> That's cute. Wow. That's neat. It's exactly that kind of thing. So we're also celebrating this year, of course, Mississippi's own Jerry Lee Lewis with a tribute with this young man who just, you know, knocks it out of the park. Um, but we're, tr we're truly actually from all coasts this time around. Mm. We have a lady who emigrated from Russia in her 30s, settled in San Francisco, and was a very accomplished classical pianist and composer, fell in love with our American music and started composing ragtime. 
and is now actually history's most prolific female ragtime composer. Wow. Her name is Larissa, Larissa Migachov. So it's a, we're really spreading, as far as style, we're spreading out, reaching farther to bring people in to share uh, what's special about the music and have them experience firsthand all the things I've been telling them about. That this is a first-class festival at a first-class school in a really, really lovely part of the United States that more people should be visiting. Jeff, tell us a little bit about, I'm interested in, the 12-fingered phenom, Martin's, is it Spitznagel, and, uh, and, and the two piano forehand showstoppers? <laughs> well, it's, Martin is larger than life in every way. He's just, I first met him when he was 16, and he came up this long-haired, hippie-like high school senior. Hey, Mr. Barnhart, I, I play a little piano. I said, oh, do you? And he sat down, and he just, he just decimated the thing. Mm. And I looked at him, and I said, well, you know what? If you were ever on a little piano, you would, you would, <laughs> it would be smithereens by the time you were done, kid. Mm. And he's just grown. He's in his 30s now. He's father of three. Uh, so he gets to really let loose when he gets to a piano, and he can, uh, you know, get you the weekend away to pursue one of his passions, which is music. Uh, so he plays some hot ragtime, some hot Yubi Blake, who was a, very important figure in early American music, and then performs his own music as well. Very dynamic uh, speaker, presenter, and when you sit there listening to him, you're amazed at what's coming out of his fingers, how complicated it sounds, and how easy he makes it look. Wow. Uh, Martin's terrific. And then each night uh, during the evening concerts, I'll have an opportunity to play second piano to both Larissa and Martin and mix it up a bit. And that's when things really get exciting. Wow, that is gonna, that's going to be real exciting. Before we have to go, let's tell us about the educational outreach you do for the Templeton Festival. It's something we started several years ago on Thursdays. This year, my wife and myself, as, as Ivory and Gold, that's our duo, will be going to French camp to play for the students there. We, we have a good connection there. We've been playing there for the last four years. Um, and the entire school comes into the church area, sits in the pews, and we play them some examples of great American music, show them a short, silent film so they can see how some of the things tie together across the various media in that early time. And then later on that afternoon, we'll head over to Armstrong Middle School in Starville and introduce those students to some of what's going on over the weekend. Because we definitely stress that this is not just something for academics. Families are encouraged to come, very welcome, and I guarantee you, uh, you know, kids say seven and older with their families will not be bored for one second. It's a whirlwind from start to finish. Thursday, 6 p.m., we start with the Great Gatsby Gala, mm -hmm. and that's really cool because that's the design department and the fashion department coming together to create new fashion statements and outfits that are influenced and inspired by the original outfits of 100 and 120 years ago. This year we're incorporating sheet music covers, and they'll have an opportunity to show off the inspiration they got from looking at that cover and creating their own retro, if you will, neo-Gatsby outfits. Uh, so that's a great way to kick off. And then it's just one big party until we collapse exhausted around midnight on Saturday. <laughs> it sounds like, I mean, if you were a music major, an art major, a uh, fashion designer major, mm -hmm. any, this would be a great event for you to attend. And is this free and open to the public? It, the seminars during the day, anything day, daytime activities on Friday and Saturday are indeed free, as is the gala on Thursday night. There is a modicum of a cost for the evening shows. All MSU students do get in for free, but for the evening shows, uh, the Friday-only ticket is $35, the Saturday-only is 35 You can also just get an all-event ticket that covers everything for 65 uh, The concerts, if you're just going to a concert that night, it's just $15 uh, per show. Okay. Friday and Saturday night. So. And, uh... If people want to hear more, okay. If people want to hear more uh, or learn more about the um, the event, uh, where can they go? They can go to. Now I've got to get this right. I'm horrible with these. Uh, <laughs> Library.msstate.edu/backslash/festival. But you can also simply Google Templeton right. Ragtime Festival, and all of that stuff will come up. 
and much more eloquently and more completely than I was able to articulate it re- this early in the morning. <laughs> Thank you Jeff so much. Jeff Barnhart. Yes, you're the famous Jeff Barnhart. Barnhart. <laughs> Thank you for spending a little time with us this morning. It's time for us to take our first break, but when we return, we'll head to Biloxi for the third annual Craft Beer Fest. Mm-hmm. So hold on tight, because we're going for a ride here on Next Stop Mississippi, only on MPB Think Radio. to a radio? Well, don't worry. MPB Think and Music Radio are available online and on our MPB public media app. It's simple. Just log on to our website at mpbonline.org to get started. This is MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I wasn't born for digging deep holes I'm not made for paving long roads. I ain't cut out to climb highline poles, but I'm pretty good at drinking beer. <laughs> this is Next Stop Mississippi on MVB Pink Radio. I'm Michelle McAdoo, <laughs> along with Kamel King from Visit Mississippi. We are laughing. Now, look, that's where you know you have a DJ as a producer, because he... <laughs> He handpicks these songs. Exactly. That was funny. That was funny. Well, uh, before the break, we spoke with Jeff Barnhart about the 13th annual Charles Templeton Ragtime and Jazz Fest. That seems very interesting. Yeah, yeah, um, it does. You know, ragtime music is something that, you know, not It's a foundational norm- genre. Exactly. Yeah. And w- mixed with jazz and blues, mm-hmm. I'm sure it's going to be a great event. Now let's move on to... The bill. <laughs> let's welcome Rachel Seymour. She's director of the Biloxi Chamber of Commerce. Good morning. Good morning. Rachel. Thanks for having me. How are you doing this morning? And I know you guys are have your hands full preparing for this big uh, craft fest. Absolutely, but you know what? We are we are a chamber of commerce, and we keep this plate spinning all the time. So this is kind of just business as usual for us. But we're super excited about the third annual Bluxy Chamber Craft Beer Fest um, that'll be at MGM Park on March thirtieth. And uh, speaking of third, it hasn't been going on too long, so this is the third year. Uh, can you tell people just a little history of how actually it began? Absolutely. Um, we, um, first of all, of course, again, I said we're a Chamber of Commerce. We're always looking for unique fundraising ideas, and, and all of these uh, special events that we put on support our program of work, which in turn supports the business community. But we started this event because there was a large beer festival here in the past that had kind of gone away, and we thought there was a void. Um, the craft beer industry on the Mississippi Gulf Coast has really taken a big segment of the market. We have three breweries here, uh, Lazy Magnolia, Alexi Brewing, and Chandelier Brewing. We all have tap rooms. We have some brew pubs over in Ocean Springs. So it's, it's a growing industry, and we felt like there was a need to support it. Besides the fact that the uh, craft beers are taking up a bigger segment in the supermarkets now. So we, we know there's a, a desire and a taste, and, and while they might be a little bit more expensive than your average domestic beers, this event gives you the opportunity to come out and sample and try and see what you like, and that way you're not spending money on something that may not be your flavor. Well, Rachel, I really have to applaud you guys for uh, embracing the craft beer. Uh, I mean, it's not even an error it's, it, or a fad. I mean, it's it's here to stay because it's so much more enjoyable. The stories behind it are so much richer than buying your average domestic or even international beer sometimes. And uh, it's very wise of you guys to do that. But uh, do, you get, do you find that, like, the residents are really excited when they see this festival coming up? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. We have we have return um, attendees every year, and folks get excited about it. You can see them interacting on all of our social media platforms and planning and tagging each other and preparing. You know, we also have uh, a large population of, of beer connoisseurs with our friends over at Kiesler and, and people in the cyber school. They come over and support, and it's just it's just really growing in all the communities here on the coast, and it's. You know, if you kind of compare it to kind of the wine and pairing industry. Yes, indeed. Folks mm-hmm. are pairing yeah. these beers with different foods. Mm-hmm. And 
um, kind of the different florals and flavors and, and citruses and things that are included. It's, you know, we're, we're a foodie society and, uh, these craft beers really fit into that. Well, speaking of that, um, tell everyone what they can expect at the uh, festival this year. What type of activities will you have, um, as well as the beers at the festival? So we'll have, um, a, our, our general admission gets you in. Um, we have an early bird special right now for uh, $35. You can buy those up until Friday at noon, next Friday at noon. Um, you can come in. You can sample over 50 craft beer variations. Um, of course, we're going to have pretzel necklaces for sale and popcorn, and we'll have we'll have a food vendor here. So, you know, we don't want folks getting too tipsy, and we want to make mm-hmm. sure that they're being responsible. <laughs> uh, up in our VIP area, those tickets are a little bit more um, expensive. They're $70. But that gets you access to some of our local breweries. They're going to do custom brews mm. upstairs, and they kind of compete for the People's Choice Award. So you'll get to participate in voting for that. Uh, in addition, we'll feature one of our brew pubs, Hops and Growlers, and they're going to do their special brew um, so folks can be able to taste that. But uh, we will have live entertainment, and, and honestly, it's just really good fun. Everybody comes out in a great mood and good fellowship and, and, and a lot of fun. And I will tell you that this, the crowd that comes to this event it's the most diverse age culturally, and, you know, everybody likes craft beer, and I think everybody can get around having a good time. From babies to elderly. No, huh? well, you we no, got to be 21 years of age or older to uh, attend this event, and you t- you mentioned that people come <laughs> with great attitudes, and they leave with better attitudes, right? <laughs> That's right. Now, Rachel, I mean, uh, what I was so surprised and happy to see is you guys have built into the, uh, into the fest complimentary designated drivers. Tell us about that and how important. why that was so important. Well, absolutely. We want um, folks to be responsible and, um, you know, if you're not going to come out and partake in, in the uh, festivities and flavors of the, of the beer sampling, just come on out for free and, and you know, be that designated driver. And, and you know, there's still there's going to be a lot of entertainment. There's still going to be enjoyment and a lot of fun for those folks. But we, uh, you know, we don't support uh, bus driving or drunk driving especially and uh, we we want folks to, to be responsible and having a good time and, and of course there's there's taxi cabs around and Uber and there's there's no reason to even drive when you've had a drink. Right. And this is a great um, economic event for the city of Biloxi as mm-hmm. well uh, especially putting your craft um, breweries on the um, mm-hmm. forefront. Especially uh, sending, you know, letting people know about your um, beers you have tap and room. the tap rooms. Mm-hmm. And like you said, if people don't like beer, they may try a new beer that day and may become a connoisseur of a special type of um, taste or beer. Absolutely. And, and we were very excited uh, last year. We started partnering with the city of Biloxi um, and ha- hosting this in MGM Park. Of course, the Shepherds are great partners to us. Um, we're kind of in their house, but mm-hmm. it's. It's really a beautiful venue to have an event like this. We have it on the concourse, and folks come in, and, and there's plenty of room. And, um, of course, we can use some of the stadium seating. So it's really kind of been a match made in heaven between the city, MGM Park, the Bloxy Checkers, and the Bloxy Chamber. That's great. Well, tell mm-hmm. everyone again when will the festival be and where they can find more information about it. And go ahead and get that uh, early bird special and VIP package. Absolutely. We're expecting beautiful weather like we've had all week this week. So, Get your early bird tickets. Those are 35. Our VIP tickets are 70. You can get those at mscoastchamber.com, or you can call us here at the office, 228-604-0014. That will be taking place March 30th at MGM Park. Our hours are 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. And then we hope you leave the Beer Fest and go patronize some of the restaurants and businesses in downtown Biloxi. Nice. Well, well, thank you for joining us today. We want to, um, of course, I know you're really busy. You guys just came off another event. What other events do you have, like, right around the corner? Because especially right now, spring and summer, you guys are staying busy. Always something going on in Biloxi. On the coast, it is. Yeah, we just are coming off. We had our our technology expo. That was last week. We have um, breakfast with Mayor Gillich. We do about five of those years. We'll have that at the beginning of April. We have a wine tasting coming up at the end of May, the Sparkling Rosé Soiree. Um, and then don't forget, Paul, we have the Biloxi Seafood Festival. Right. So, so people um, can find out about all of your upcoming events on your webpage, correct? Absolutely. If you go to mscashchamber.com and visit our calendar of events. And then, of course, you know, 
the Mississippi Gulf Coast. We don't sleep. We have an air show coming up in May. We have mm-hmm. tons of spring break activities going on in April. So we're we're excited to have folks down here on the coast and and really uh, taking advantage of all of our amenities. Well, thank you, Rachel, for spending a little time with us today. We're going to take another quick break, but don't go far, because when we return, we'll be speaking with artist William Dunlap about his new exhibit and presentation at the Poetry Reading and Symposium. Um, Now, plus your chance to win tickets to see Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, Mavis Staples. She's mm. performing live tonight at the Alamara Hall. So don't go far because you may be a winner. Stay tuned. This is Next Stop Mississippi, only on MPB Think Radio. Running a business requires smart decisions every day. Make a good decision for your company today and reach MPB listeners through MPB program underwriting. For more information, go to mpbonline.org slash underwriting. Normally, I don't recommend eavesdropping, but feel free to join in on my conversations. Our guests this week are Ann Fisher-Worth and Amalia Schuyler Clay. I just loved the photo so much, and I would kind of look at them and listen. I knew if I loved a photo, I wanted to find a voice that would tell a story so that I could use the photo. Now I can't, of course, look at any of my photographs that are in this book without thinking about the poem that goes along with them. Sundays at 5.30 and Thursdays at 10 on MPB Television. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or email nextstop at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. I can't wait to get on the road again. Welcome back. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Michelle McAdoo along with Kamel King of Visit Mississippi. Now, before the break, we spoke with Rachel um, Seymour of the Biloxi Chamber talking about the third annual Craft Beer Fest in Biloxi. It's happening March 30th at the end of the month. Now, we're going to move on. And I know you hear the music in the background. That's Mavis Staples. If you're a Mavis Staples fan, the Staples singers, Pop Staples, and a whole nine, your chance to win tickets to see her tonight is coming up and I have the Sherry Cooper coming up later in the show from Grammy Museum Mississippi to talk about uh, the show tonight but we're going to move on with one of the most wonderful artists I've ever come in contact with. We are blessed to have this guy. Yes, artist William Dunlap is on the phone. Good morning uh, Bill. (laughs) Is it Bill? (laughs) Bill, William, you call me anything you want. Oh, no, not anything, no. (laughs) Good morning. Thanks for spending a little time with us this this morning. I know you're busy getting prepared for this big symposium. Let's just jump right on in. Tell a little bit about yourself before we start talking about the symposium. Oh, good Lord. I came out of Ole Miss. Uh, in 1969, like a feral animal with an MSA. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of interesting that the excuse for this symposium, this two-day symposium, is the museum's acquisition, acquisition of a big painting of mine, uh, <laughs> a meditation on the origins of agriculture in America. You know, I was trying to do that Faulknerian thing, write the history of the world on the head of a pen. And uh, we all fail, but we, we, we fail magnificently, I hope. But it <laughs> promises to be a lot of fun up there. Mm. Well, I mean, I got to start off saying it is such an honor to have you on the show. I mean, I know people who are avid collectors of anything they can get their hands on that you do. And I mean, you've been such a uh, pillar at Mississippian, you know, uh, you're a legend. So it, it's awesome to see well, you. Thing, I appreciate that. I've certainly lived long enough to be a legend. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not only a, a artist, but you're a writer, you're an art advocate, a commentator, a painter. You, you delve in such um, a vast array of, of things, areas. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you begin but, in painting or in art, period? You know, I, I, always, I don't know if there's the visual equivalent to the visual arts, and if there is, if I've even got it, if there's such thing as perfect pitch in the arts. But I've always wanted to do this, and my family, to their everlasting credit, never stood in the way. And, Ms. King, I appreciate what you said about people wanting to collect the work, but we've got to 
you know, we've got to have more of that. Man, we got more people is supporting the artists in Mississippi. It just means a lot. And you know, when you think about Mississippi, its contributions to the world's culture through its musicians and writers and poets and painters is so out of proportion to its size and wealth. It's almost mm-hmm. an embarrassment. Mm-hmm. Damn, many of us out there. And what we're trying to do is to bring some of them back. Uh, 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 Natasha Trethewey, this extraordinary poet, mm-hmm. who's reasoning from Gulf Coast, is coming. She's reading it off in, in Nut Auditorium up at Ole Miss on the 25th. And on the 26th, we've got this all-day carrying on. Julia Reed's coming back home. John Grisham's coming down from Charlottesville. So it's wow. going to be a good excuse to get everybody together <laughs> to talk about this, this. It's not a schism between the visual arts and the, and, and the written arts. It's all about the same thing. But, you know, we're obsessed with, with, with that sense of place in our writing. Uh, uh, Miss Welty said before she died once, and I'm paraphrasing, I can't quote it, said that, uh, you know, it, look at the book of Genesis. We're all born and we're in the garden. We get kicked out. And we spend the rest of our lives trying to get back. Mm. And, and, and the artists and writers have a way of doing that. Mm-hmm. And if we bring the writers and the visual artists together, the exhibition I've curated, and I've done it kind of over the phone, is, is really remarkable. There are all these artists that are in the show. And that'll be at the museum. Natasha mm-hmm. Reed's. On the on Monday uh, at Nut Auditorium, and then the event on the 26th all all take place at the uh, at the Ford Center because it's you know we don't have room to hold all the people in the museum, and uh, so we're doing the best we can up there. And this is for the everything's free and open to the public. All right, and, is this uh, the first know, of its kind? As far as I know, it is. Yeah, it is. and and the women's committee's done such a great job. I call them women because most of them are Diane Scruggs, uh, Ann Abbott. All the people that are on the Friends of the Museum Committee have put this thing together. I'm just an invited guest like everybody else, but I'm a, I'm a good excuse to do this thing. There and you your uh, keynote speaker this year is, oh, well, not this year, it's the first one, historian cur- uh, curator Richard Gruber. Absolutely. He's going to kick things off, try to put it in context for us, and then, then it's going to get outrageous after that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mean, Both the lineup good. is amazing uh, you know how, it's pretty damn good yeah i mean this is star studded you have so many artists you have so many writers and poet poets coming together and again you say this is open and free and open to the public so if you're in that area or even not in that area make plans to go to uh oh, this it's am- worth the drive mm-hmm. it's worth the drive get in your car and go and you know we don't have a big time up there too and there you're having a I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're having an opening reception, actually, um, at four o'clock on the 25th, and a big closing That's party. Right. You know, the whole thing is just happening in spite of ourselves. It's just remarkable. And uh, I'm in Jackson now, but I'm going to drive up. And you know, we're, this is what the second day of spring, and everything's just starting to turn. Mm-hmm. It's so good to be down here. Let me say something about the road trip. That's something my generation did. But I have a 23 year old daughter who had a, in school in New York, and she had a spring break, and she and one of her girlfriends. Flew to Atlanta, got a car, and drove through Birmingham, Tuscaloosa, and they got to Mississippi, which Greenville, so they could eat at Doe's, up mm. to Taylor State, place in Matheson. So the road trip is alive and well amongst that generation. We ought to know that. That's yes, indeed. It, it does seem like the millennials are embracing getting back lost in the countryside again mm-hmm. as other generations. And we, you thought it was lost, but it, it seems like it's coming back, that interest. Well, I think it is, too, and, and as, as they're doing it as artists, and it's very mm. important. Because my, my grandfather's was the last member of my family who farmed, and that's hard work. I grew up on a farm. You know, I remember in the 70s, I was meeting all my friends coming back to the earth, man. You know, I said, y'all just don't know how hard that work is. So uh, I, it's, it's much better to do what I do to make paintings about the landscape than to actually sort of work in the middle of it because it'll wear your butt out. <laughs> and that's what I was going to bring up. You, your paintings and your writings, you focus on landscape in art and literature, and that's what your panel will be about. Grisham, you, um, you're you also going to be um, on the um, panel with a lot more uh, of people talking about landscape in poetry and in art, how important is landscape in um, poetry think, and art? I think the sense of place is absolutely crucial. You know, our, our writers establish it, and the painters and photographers in my exhibition you, deal with it on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I see the same landscape my grandfather's farmed, but I see it at a high rate of speed with an adult beverage in my hand driving along the interstate. And mm-hmm. that's uh, are preferable, I think. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to ask just personally, Mr. Dunlap, if you had to say, I mean, in all of the things that you've done in life and, and continue to do, what your mission is, what would you say your own personal mission through what you do? 
I think any artist that's worth his salt is trying to tell what it's like to be on the planet at any given point in time. Mm. It's what the poet does, it's what the writer does, and it's certainly what the painter does, you know. And this painting of mine that the University of Museum has, has acquired, right. I made in 1980. It's, it's been shown and it's been on television, it's been around for a while, it's in my big book. But, you know, I, I made that thing in 87 and I didn't sell it until just a few months ago. Wow. And all that, that it's found a home. And if it and it and it's so autobiographical, and it's very much about the University of Mississippi. And if it hadn't been for Ole Miss, as I say, I would have never made this painting. Wow! So and you're also you're going to talk about the power of place in art and literature as well. That's our plan. <laughs> that's your, you don't know how it's going to go that day, huh? <laughs> that's the wonderful thing about risk taking in art. We don't know how it's going to go, but we're lining up all the dominoes, and if we're lucky, they'll fall in the right direction. Good but deal. We just need that art. We've got we've got questions. All we need is answers, and some people kind of sit out there. Mm-hmm. But open mm-hmm. up to the public too. Everybody's involved in this. If you know, a symposium is a Greek word for a drinking party. So we're not going to drink. I love it. <laughs> so tell everyone again, this is a two-day event that will begin on Monday, March 25th at 4 p.m. with the opening reception. Uh, and then it will go into, uh, at 6 o'clock, you have Natasha Trethaway. She'll read her uh, from her work. That's going to be wonderful. The lyrical landscape, she is just remarkable, too. She, she makes Mississippi proud all the time. The best thing anybody can do is go to the University Museum's website. And get the whole thing. You know, these days, it's all digital. We can talk about it forever. Mm-hmm. But uh, as a, another invited guest, I'm going to show up and do my part. But if you go to the website of the University of Mississippi Museum, they'll tell you everything in the Times. And the main thing is it's free and open to the public. And uh, we, we're doing it in the Ford Center just to accommodate everybody's butt. So they'll have a place <laughs> to sit down. But the wonderful the- Ford Center. <laughs> It really well, is quite a story. Yeah. Well, um, any last words about the symposium, about you, about what you've done? Anything lasting words? <laughs> well, you know, the, the people have come a long way, and there's something magic about the state of Mississippi. And we're all going to gather together, and, and, and as I said, sparks will fly. We're going to have some fun up there, but it's all about the art. It's all about what matters. It's all about what Mississippi is given to the rest of the world. So yeah. I just hope you'll, you know, we're not, we're not doing it for ourselves. We're doing it for an audience. Yeah, it's so amazing. I mean, you know, imagination is definitely the vehicle for man's existence and evolution. And uh, painters, writers, authors, you know, musicians, uh, performers are on the front line of moving mankind. So you guys are the ones who move people forward in life. And we have so many from Mississippi, Mm -hmm. so many great ones from Mississippi. Language is a birthright. We all grow up telling stories to one another and most often than not, they're lies. You know, it doesn't really matter. It's a nice thing about fiction. Fiction tells the truth that that, 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 that facts can never get close to. Mm. And the same thing's are. Where do you see how many different ways people see the same landscape? They see the same sense of place. Even photographers change it. Sally Mann's coming, and she's got this dark, brooding kind of way of looking at the landscape as opposed to someone like Marty Clay, her good friend, who's, who makes these Delta dog photographs. I mean, it's just remarkable, the variety of of responses one can get to the American landscape mm. and to the landscape in general. And uh, I'm, I'm excited about it. I have no idea how it's going to turn out. <laughs> but <I'm... laughs> and it, you know, it may turn out to be a fist fight. You, never know. Uh, it's, you know what? I can't see John Grisham, you, and the, uh, all the artists and writers in there fist fighting. You just better win, Mr. Dunlap. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Well, thank you for spending a little time with us today, and I hope everybody gets out to that um, poetry reading and symposium. Um, We're going to take our last break of the show, but when we get back, we're going to spend a little time with Nacheri Cooper with the Grammy Museum, Mississippi, and she's going to tell us about the legendary legendary Mavis Staples Staples. live tonight at the Alamara Halls and your chance to win tickets up next. So stay tuned. We're Next Stop Mississippi. MPB would like to thank Daniel, Coker, Horton, and Bell and the Mississippi Healthcare Alliance for underwriting MPB programs. Your company can be an underwriter, too. Find out more. Go to mpbonline.org slash underwriting to find out how. I'm Malcolm White, Executive Director of the Mississippi Arts Commission. 
Please tune in for the Arts Hour, a weekly tour of the state's rich creative spirit. This week, I visit with Carlisle Wolf, a visual artist in the Oxford area, also greatly involved in the Friends Group at the University Museum in Oxford. That's the Mississippi Arts Hour this Sunday and every Sunday at 5 p.m. on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I was last in line For the one true vine Endless winding thread I was dead at first I had done my worst And you came to me You're listening to MPB Think Radio. This is Next Stop Mississippi. I'm Michelle McAdoo along with my traveling partner, Kamel King of Visit Mississippi. And today we've had a great road trip. Now before the break, we spoke with eclectic artist William Dunlap. Now let's welcome our friend from the Grammy Museum Mississippi, Nacheri Cooper to talk about the Mavis Staples concert tonight at Palomar Hall. Good morning, Nacheri. Good morning. How are you guys? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Got your Good. friend here with me. Nacheri! Hey, Camille. How's it going? It's going great. It always feels like I'm just talking to family when I'm talking to you guys. So right. Yes. It's, it's, Friday. it's a joke. I say you're my uh, Grammy Museum Mississippi correspondent. <laughs> That's what, live from the Grammy Museum. That's who you are. And if I need anything uh, you know, from the Grammy Museum Mississippi, mm-hmm. I know who to call and you always come through. Uh, so you're here today to talk about this wonderful concert uh, tonight at Dollar Hall. Tell everyone about it. Well, this is unique for Grand Museum Mississippi. We are honored to be partnered with Innovation Arts and Entertainment, which is headquartered in Chicago, my hometown. And they really um, do all different types of shows throughout the United States and came to us with a wonderful opportunity to not only um, showcase uh, Mavis Staples, which, you know, we love, the staple singers here in Mississippi with them being um, Mississippi natives, um, but also gave us the opportunity to give back to the museum because, as you both know, our mission is to promote music education, and we always are trying to find innovative ways to do that. And so partnering with a company like this to allow us to not only bring the staples to Jackson, Mississippi, but also um, get some of those proceeds to support um, our mission and some of our initiatives. Um, is, we feel really blessed and we're excited to, to bring it. Now, Nacheri, I mean, this is got to be unique because uh, you guys put on such unique programming and, it, and the artists that you bring are so eclectic. The way you, you guys build your uh, concerts is, is so unique. But have you guys ever done a concert outside of your own soundstage, or is this the first one where you're, you're doing something outside of it? That is a great point, Camille. Thanks for bringing that up. This is actually our first time bringing um, a program of this nature outside the museum, and here's why I'm doing it. I believe in the museum so much. I believe in its mission. You know, there's a cool factor to it that you just instantly feel when you walk into the doors of the museum. And I want everybody to know about it. And if I can bring them in any way to any city or town in Mississippi, I'm going to definitely try to do that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, throughout the concert, will you guys be promoting the museum and letting people know about it? Because, uh, you know, amazingly, people don't know, uh, <laughs> you know, that you guys are the only other Grammy museum outside of Los Angeles, which is a huge deal for Mississippi. It is. It is a huge deal. And, you know, thanks to Visit Mississippi and also um, Mississippi Public Broadcast, you guys have been great supporters of us. Um, But, yeah, you know, one of our challenges is still making sure that people know about the museum and know that it's open to all. The cool thing about the museum is that we represent all genres. It's not one genre that's not represented in the museum. And, um, you know, as I've 
I said before um, with you guys, music is a universal language. Mm-hmm. And as we try to, you know, talk about different complex social issues um, and current issues that are facing um, our country today, and, and in particular the state of Mississippi, um, I think Mississippi will be in the forefront, I mean, music will be in the forefront of that, as it did, you know, um, for the civil rights, mm-hmm. um, which is so ironic, right, that we have many staples during this time exactly. um, in our country, you know, who was such a pivotal um, um, figure um, in the civil rights. It's so instrumental, mm-hmm. um, you know, pop staples, um, you know, it was, it's been noted uh, with Martin Luther King, you know, that he inspired so much, um, not only his music, but, they, you know, they inspired one uh, another. Um, so, you know, we're honored um, um, to to be a part of this. We have recently also teamed up with our friends over in Jackson, the Mississippi Civil Rights Museum, and also, and also the Mississippi History Museum um, to also, you know, uh, bring native staples to their members also. So, you know, we're excited about that partnership. Oh, that's wonderful. So speaking of native staples, I've been giving little hints throughout the show today that uh, people can actually win a pair of tickets to see Mavis Staples, the iconic Mavis Staples tonight Mm -hmm. at 8 p.m. at the Alamar House. So I'm glad you didn't say it. I was cringing. I was about to text you and say, don't say where her father is from, but you didn't. You were really glad you didn't give it away. (laughs) So let's give the question out. Okay, here's the question. What town is Mavis Staples' father, Pop Staples? And I got a question for you, Ms. Sherry. Was she born in this town as well? No, she was not. That's a great question. Okay. All right. (laughs) Both her siblings, just like a lot of African-Americans during the Great Migration, moved to Chicago or some other Mm -hmm. Midwest. Up north. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, Cal City. They were part of that migration. All right. But he, her father, Pop Staples, was born in what town in Mississippi? Y'all get it right now. now These are some good tickets. tickets. Now, let me tell you something. If you win, you get tickets tonight. They will be at the window as well, Call. We're going to get your name, right. address, phone number, and date of birth. <laughs> and you can come to Jackson, Mississippi tonight, 8 p.m., for the show to see Mavis Staples. And that song that was coming in, that we played coming in, that was called uh, One True Vine. I was doing a little research yesterday listening to her newer stuff. Because, you know, a lot of people know I'll Take You There and the older um, Staples singers, Mavis Staples. But she's actually hasn't ever stopped uh, singing. And she's going to perform a lot of her new, well, new to us, if you're not up on her music, a lot of newer music tonight. Uh, She does a lot of concerts all over the country. And she'll be performing. Her voice is still raspy. Mm -hmm. That's her iconic sound. I like that. Yeah. uh, Full of soul. Mm -hmm. And not only that, if you win these tickets, Mavis Staples will take you and your family on tour with her. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Did he just say that? Yes, he did. I was going to say, if we, can, if we can, uh, while we're waiting on people to call, if you know the town that Pop Staples was born in here in Mississippi, give us a call right now. What's the number, Michelle? One eight. Uh, <laughs> One eight seven seven MPB ring. Yes. You know, I didn't give the number. I'm just assuming if you're listening to MPB, you knew it. Isn't that something? One eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Well, let's hear a little bit of her new stuff because um, she's actually going to drop a new album in May. Awesome. And this is uh, this is one of her latest songs produced by Ben Harper, and it's a uh, change. Gotta change around here. Gotta change around here. Can't go on this way. Things gotta change around here. Say it loud, say it clear. Things gonna change around here. Fingers on the trigger around here. Fingers on the trigger. Wow. All right. Again, what was the name of that one? I like that. Uh, that's called Change. Change. You know, and it's funny, Mavis Staples, she still sings about the same types of things, you know, yeah. changing. Exactly. Getting mm-hmm. better. She doesn't uh, uh, 
go far from her roots. Mm-hmm. I like that. And I'm sure you will enjoy this concert. Now, if you are a, a person of my age and want to go to the concert tonight, if you want to take your uh, younger kids or your teenager and, and uh, show them another side of music that they might not listen yeah. to, maybe this will be a Mavis Staples. This will be a great concert to go. Or if you are a Mavis Staples, Staples Singers fan, mm-hmm. this will be a great show tonight to go see. Again, the question we put out here, the trivia question is, what town is Mavis Staples' father, Pop Staples, from? It's in Mississippi. The number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 And you have a few more minutes, about four more minutes to call if you want to see Mavis Staples live tonight. I'll tell you, Google has just made things unfair. Very, I mean, very simple. For very the historians simple. in life, they they just get beat to the punch every day by people with 4G phones. Exactly. And Google. But, uh, Nishiri, while I have you on the phone, let's talk about those concerts we were talking off air yesterday about what you guys have coming up. You have some great spotlight concerts and events coming up. I love what you guys do at the Grammy Museum. Yeah, well, you know, I, you might as well say April is all about highlighting the mm-hmm. because we have Webb Wilder, who is a native of Hattiesburg. Um, and also an alum of University of Southern Mississippi, um, and is an inductee of the musicians, um, Mississippi Musicians Hall of Fame. He'll be here April 11th. Um, you know, the best way to describe him is like Southern rock, uh, uh, country rock. He, he's in that genre. So we're excited to bring him to uh, the Sanders South stage. We also have Tina Clark, who is My a girl. big supporter of Mississippi and the um, quality rights in, in Mississippi. Um, she will also be here, and she's from Waynesboro, okay. Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, she will be here, um, I believe it's April 16th or 17th. Don't quote me on that. I, mm-hmm. I well, you have April 16th like uh, conversations with Tina Clark. That's right. And in yes. April 26th, you got your Carla Cook. Yeah. Tell everyone who she is. Well, Carla Cook is the daughter of Sam Cook, and she does this kind of like Sam Cook experience where she tours all around the world, um, actually, and visits and performs for uh, Sam Cook fans and also um, talks about different, you know, um, intimate stories um, about her father and um, how he was um, outside of the limelight. Um, so we're excited um, for that, too. All right. And then on um, April 27th, we have the Youth Leadership Council third annual showcase showdown. That's going to be excellent. I love those with the kids. I love to see that. Uh, again, thank you, Nasheri, for coming on the show, talking thank about Mavis Staples. And we want to give our shout out to our winner, June Harrington. Yay. And where's June Harrington from? Yay! Jackson, Mississippi, June Harrington will be sitting tonight at Thalamaro Hall watching Mavis Staples do her thing. Congratulations. And you can be too. So all you have to do is uh, log on to thalamarohall.com or um, um, GrammyMuseumMississippi.com and look at information to get tickets. Now, we want to thank you guys for joining us today. Jeff Barnhart. We had we had Rachel Seymour with Biloxi Chamber. Of course, we had uh, artist William Dunlap and the Cherry Cooper with Mississippi Grammy Museum. Thanks to everybody that joined us today. We had a great show, another great trip, and join us next week for another wonderful trip throughout Mississippi here on Next Stop Mississippi. We miss you, Mary Margaret. Uh, we'll see Mary Margaret next week right here on MPB Think Radio.